Is multiple sclerosis a white matter disease or a gray matter disease? Damage to myelin or white matter is almost always present in multiple sclerosis and the disease has long been thought of as one in which the immune system attacks myelin. Yet damage to the cell that is wrapped in myelin also occurs. As with the chicken or the egg, the experts debate which comes first, gray matter damage or white matter damage. Welcome to episode three of MS Matchup. Today's topic is multiple sclerosis, a gray matter disease or a white matter disease. Our experts are David Brandis, MD, and AJ Gupta, MD. Dr. Brandis is a neurologist at the Hope Neurology MS Center in Knoxville, Tennessee, and serves as a clinical instructor of neurology at South College in Knoxville. Dr. Gupta is a neurologist with a focus in multiple sclerosis at the Fort Wayne Neurological Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dr. Brandis will share his view that multiple sclerosis is a white matter disease with gray matter being damaged secondarily. But first, Dr. Gupta contends that multiple sclerosis is a gray matter disease with simultaneous involvement of cerebral white matter. So multiple sclerosis is a major inflammatory disease of the central nervous system representing the most common cause of non-traumatic disability in young adults. It is generally considered a two-step disease process characterized by an inflammatory phase followed by a neurodegenerative phase. The hallmark of the inflammatory phase is the activation of adaptive immune system directed by antigen-specific T cells and antibodies against myelin and lipid components of the myelin sheath. This is followed by a degenerative course involving the oligodendrocytes, the underlying axons, and the neuronal cell bodies in the gray matter. This results in cerebral atrophy as the disease progresses. Whether this represents a sequential two-step process or occurs concurrently is debatable. I would like to argue that MS may well be a gray matter disease with simultaneous involvement of the cerebral white matter. Gray matter may be an early target of the inflammatory process. Until recently, imaging protocols to visualize cortical lesions were suboptimal, but have continued to evolve. Even so, advanced imaging techniques are seldom available in the community setting. Gray matter damage or atrophy are present from the early stages of MS and continue to evolve. Progression of the disease, including physical and cognitive dysfunction, is more convincingly correlated with gray matter atrophy than white matter T2 lesions or T1 hypointense lesion load. Regional gray matter atrophy is partially independent of the retrograde degeneration or valerian degeneration secondary to axonal transection in the subcortical white matter. And it may be more related to local cortical inflammatory processes. Demyelination within the gray matter has been detected in the cingulate gyrus 
hippocampus, temporal and frontal cortices, cerebellar cortex, and in the spinal cord. Lesser degree of demyelination has been identified in the occipital cortex and in the primary motor cortex. In the cerebellar cortex, the lesions seen in early MS, relapsing MS, and secondary progressive MS, but seldom in primary progressive MS, are typically intracortical. Therefore, inflammatory demyelination is a relevant aspect of the histopathology of gray matter damage in multiple sclerosis. In a study of radiologically isolated syndrome in patients with cognitive symptoms, evidence of cortical atrophy affecting the frontotemporal and the right cingulate cortices, along with atrophy of the deep gray matter nuclei in the thalamus, putamen, and the amygdala has been described. In an Italian study by Amato, brain atrophy was reported in radiologically isolated syndrome with normalized brain and cortical volumes, significantly lower than in healthy controls, but with no difference in white matter volume. In a paper published in Brain in 2018 by Eshagi et al., brain atrophy was described in CIS, patients involving the posterior cingulate cortex, the precuneus, and the deep gray nuclei in the thalamus and the brainstem. Cortical lesions have been described in pediatric MS and in up to 40% of patients with clinically isolated syndrome, as well as in early MS, suggestive of gray matter involvement very early in the course of the disease. We have become familiar with four types of cortical lesions. Type one, leukocortical. Type two, intracortical. Type three, sub-PL, confined to cortical layers three and four. And the type four lesion involves the entire width of the cortex without affecting the subcortical white matter. They spread like large sheets over several gyri. We now recognize sub-PL lesions occurring in association with inflammatory meningeal aggregates and ectopic B-cell follicles in the deep sulci of the gray matter. In chronic lesions, loss of oligodendrocytes, axonal and synaptic loss occurs with less inflammation but with disease progression. In a paper published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2009 by Durfus et al. showed that contactin-2, a homologue of transiently expressed axonal glycoprotein-1, may be the target of T cells and antibodies in both the gray matter and the white matter. It is expressed in axons and in the juxtaparanodal regions of the uh, myelin-producing oligodendrocytes and by neurons in the gray matter. Indeed, they have come up even with an animal model using contactin-specific T cell to produce EAE. And the hallmarks of EAE in this animal model are very similar 
to the MS lesions we now acknowledge and know. So the hallmark of gray matter damage in MS is demyelination, axonal loss, and microglial activation. Clinically, we recognize damage to the gray matter with cognitive deficits, which is also reported in up to 40% or more of clinically isolated syndrome. Cognitive deficits are a harbinger of conversion from radiologically isolated syndrome to definite MS in patients with cortical plaques. They are also detected in benign MS patients. We now know that cognitive deficits, fatigue, depression, are correlated with progressive disease and disability. Various aspects of cognition, such as learning, memory, attention, processing speed, visual spatial abilities, and executive functions are all hallmarks of cognitive deficits in progressive MS and a harbinger of uh, progression. We also know that initially when patients are seen with MS, extensive white matter damage may be present, but these patients are still ambulatory and physically capable of all activities of daily living and even earning a livelihood. What is worse is the cognitive deficits, the depression and fatigue, which are overwhelming in patients with white matter disease. So all of this leads me to conclude that indeed MS is a gray matter disease with simultaneous and subsequent involvement of the white matter. MS is an autoimmune disease where white blood cells mistakenly attack tissue in the central nervous system. And I compare it to rheumatoid arthritis where white blood cells attack the material in the joints. But episodically, there are joint inflammation areas that act up. Oh, my elbow went bad. Oh, my shoulder went bad. Oh, my knee went bad. My theory is that in multiple sclerosis, there's an ongoing low-grade inflammation inside the central nervous system. The white blood cells are activated to eat away at myelin. And they're slowly eating away all throughout the nervous system, the central nervous system. And that eating away causes inflammation. And inflammation in the white matter causes damage to the gray matter surrounding it. So if you have an axon surrounded by myelin, the myelin is being destroyed and the axon gets damaged because of the inflammation ongoing right around it. So even in the cortex, in the gray matter of the brain, there's axons coated with myelin. Um, and I think that the, this, there's this ongoing low-grade inflammation in MS all the time. And what we see in almost all cases, relapsing remitting MS and primary progressive MS, but relapsing remitting MS over time tends to be progressive for most people, unless it, maybe it's a mild case. In primary progressive, there's no relapses clinically, but in both cases, there's spots in the brain. So my question is, why do we have attacks in certain areas of the brain? My feeling is that what we're having is a low-grade inflammation ongoing inside the central nervous system, white matter being eaten up with gray matter being secondarily damaged. But episodically, there's enough inflammation in one place that the blood-brain barrier is broken down and white blood cells come rushing in. And when they do that, they damage everything in the area. 
So this low grade, maybe microglial inflammation is ongoing. Maybe white blood cells uh, activate the microglial cells from time to time as they come in and explore around. But then there's an attack, relapse. And that's what leaves a scar behind a white spot that you can see on the MRI scans. You can even see uh, when you do autopsy. So I think that MS is probably a low-grade inflammatory disease of the central nervous system, white blood cells eating away at myelin, and the inflammation causing damage to the white matter, to the gray matter around the myelin or inside the myelin. Uh, and so there's a low-grade progression over time with relapses. And if we look at patients over time on treatment, we look at patients with primary, with I'm sorry, with relapsing MS. And over time, the, they start to have progressive MS with relapses. They go down and then come up partially, go down, come up with a relapse. The relapse hits here and there and will cause physical symptoms if it's in the physical part of the central nervous system. If it's not in the physical part, in the cognitive part, you may not even notice it, but it's slowly causing damage to the spots of the brain. But this low ongoing inflammation is causing slow progression. But what we're measuring there primarily in progressive MS is physical function, not cognitive or mental function. But if we look as uh, what you was saying, if we look at over time, there is cognitive uh, impairment over time in MS. And if you watch carefully over time, it's faster than the normal population. But remember, I'm talking about on average. Some people have more severe, some people less severe. We don't know why the severities are different, but the immune system is reacting. So my theory is that indeed there is inflammation that's ongoing in the central nervous system involving mite matter, but secondarily damaging gray matter. And then we have attacks where the blood brain barrier is broken, white blood cells come rushing in. And that's what often brings the patients in. Oh my God, I'm suddenly weak on the left side. Oh my God, both my legs are weak because it's in the spinal cord or whatever. So I think that it is a gray matter disease secondarily, but not the primary attack site of the immune system. But I also think as time goes on, the immune system may start to react against proteins that it normally doesn't see, proteins inside the gray matter. And it says, oh, there's a protein I don't recognize and may start to act directly on gray matter as well. So I do think it's a uh, autoimmune disease, which is slowly causing inflammation inside the central nervous system, microglial activation, eating away at white matter, and maybe secondarily eating away at gray matter. But I think it's primarily a white matter disease with secondary gray matter damage. Yeah, so Dr. Brandes, you would agree that early in the course of MS, you can detect cortical lesions. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You, and you have certainly seen those in your patients. So how do you explain early cortical involvement even in radiologically isolated syndrome or in clinically isolated syndrome, if it is primarily white matter, which is... But there is white matter in the gray matter. There is myelin in the gray matter. The nerve fibers, as they interconnect in the gray matter, are coated with myelin, okay? And the myelin is the low-grade inflammation, the microglial activation or whatever. that attacks the proteins, the myelin proteins, in the gray matter. And so there's this low-grade inflammation that's ongoing, which shrinks down the volume of the gray matter. And also from time to time, 
the blood-brain barrier gets opened up by the degree of inflammation and the white blood cells rush in and attack a large area. Well, it's still small in real life, but a large area uh, and cause a white spot that's left behind, a damaged area in the gray matter. So I think it's, I think that the attacks are caused by a breakdown of the blood-brain barrier and white blood cells come rushing in from outside and cause an attack. But there's also this ongoing low-grade inflammation that's ongoing inside the gray matter because myelin is there also. Are you enjoying this episode of MS Matchup? If so, please be sure to subscribe to this and other multiple sclerosis podcast series brought to you by the neurologyhub.com. Now let's return to MS Matchup Episode 3 with Dr. A.J. Gupta and Dr. David Brandis as they continue discussing whether multiple sclerosis is a gray matter disease or white matter disease. Will they come to consensus or come to blows? What new issues will they uncover? Listen and find out. I mean, I don't think there's any debate about the blood-brain barrier being breached and uh, the trafficking of T cells and B cells and uh, cytokines as a result of it. The question is whether the attack is primarily directed against the gray matter in radiologically isolated syndrome, in clinically isolated syndrome, in, in benign MS. And is gray matter the target of the immune cells right at the outset? Um, I suppose it's possible. It may be in some patients, but I still think that the inflammatory process, the inflammatory proteins cause damage to the tissue, whether it's white matter or gray matter, not just the white matter, but the proteins that are released, the inflammatory proteins damage tissue all around. When you poke your skin with a needle and it starts to heal, there's a, there's a red spot around it in the skin. Or not just the size of the, with a poke, but around it, the inflammation that's ongoing. Same thing is true in the central nervous system, a small area of damage with inflammation around it. And that area of inflammation triggers a white spot, and, but also causes damage to the gray matter. So I think it's the low-grade low inflammatory proteins that are in the tissue that's being killed off and dying off. That inflammation is burning away at the gray matter around the axons. And the axons are all throughout the gray matter. They're all throughout the gray matter. The nerve cells are there connecting with each other, but there's myelin on all the nerve cells in the gray matter as they connect with each other. I still think that's the primary target of the immune system, but the inflammatory process that happens when there's ongoing inflammation, the inflammatory process damages tissue around the white matter called the gray matter. That's my theory. I don't know if there's direct, if there's direct uh, white blood cell uh, antibodies against gray matter. Yeah, that's I what I mentioned that there was, they've identified this protein contacting two, which is present in both neurons as well as in, in the axons. And right. animal models have been de right. developed against a T cell specific to contact it yeah. and the and the animals get EAE. Right. Well, that, so, I guess that's what I'm saying so, is that when the, when, the, when the axon is damaged, proteins that aren't normally being exposed to the immune system are. 
and then the white blood cells become activated against the gray matter proteins too. You're right. Yeah, you know, so I think that uh, there are animal models of MS where gray matter is the target of the immune system. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, uh, I mean, I, there is no doubt that inflammation occurs in the gray matter. Okay, that's the hallmark. Of, of the disease is inflammation in the gray matter. There's no, uh, there's no argument with that. But the question is whether it is primarily directed against the gray matter and then secondarily affecting the white matter because white matter can be discreetly affected. Uh, and yet correlation of physical disability with white matter is much poorer than disability associated with gray matter. Yeah. We have all seen patients with extensive white matter damage. They're still ambulatory, still fully functional, yeah. no deficit. But well, you talked to them about cognition and fatigue and depression, and I cannot work how many times you must have done psychometric testing to determine that these patients are the walking wounded. Oh, yeah. 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 But, so, but remember, in, in the gray matter, there's a lot of myelin. Okay. So it can still be the primary target. But maybe there may be more than one target. And remember, there's different kinds of MS, we think. And depending on people's genetics and biochemistry, there may be uh, different types of MS. Maybe some of them, like you say, may have more gray matter antibodies, possibly, and some more white matter antibodies. But typically, we think of MS as a white matter disease because myelin is the target. Um, but you may well be right. There in some patients, and maybe in many patients, there may be a secondary target of gray matter. When gray matter starts getting damaged and proteins become available to the immune system. That's my theory. Now, I don't know that we have any proof of that. Um, but I'm thinking that gray matter damage is secondary to ongoing inflammation. But that ongoing inflammation may also cause the immune system to create antibodies against gray matter proteins also. Well, the jury is still out on that particular issue, whether it remains primarily gray matter or white matter. And, uh, and as our techniques and our animal models and imaging studies uh, protocols evolve, I think uh, we will know better in course of time. Uh, yeah. But uh, suffice it to say that I think MS is a disorder of global CNS dysfunction. Mm -hmm affecting almost every aspect of the central nervous system. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. The question yeah. is the immune system, how does it attack? And is it the whole cause or the only cause, part of the cause? But I, I do agree that gray matter damage is a big part of MS, but I think it's secondary to the white matter damage mostly, but who knows? Because there may be different targets for treatment and for immune modulation, depending on what the target is. So far, we have focused on targets in the white matter. Is it possible for us to, for, to target proteins in the gray matter, which are subject to immune dysregulation? And might we be able to prevent further disability in patients if we had a combined approach to both white matter and gray matter? So I yeah, think it is important to, to establish that. Yeah. In general, all of our treatments for MS are meant to, in one way or another, turn down the immune system. 
downregulate white blood cell activity, not specific to gray or white matter, but just downregulated in general. But absolutely, if we could just downregulate the white blood cells that were attacking the tissue, and like, um, just let's say, let's invent a protein that sticks to white blood cells that are attacking myelin and gray matter, <laughs> both. And we could just have a protein that sticks to them and kills those off. That would be wonderful because then we're getting to get specific to the disease itself, MS. But I, and I would agree with you. I would suspect that there may well be some white blood cells attacking gray matter as well. But I'm not sure that I would think in most people, I think my opinion is it may be secondary to the white matter inflammation. And you may well be right. It's perhaps possible that um, it could start out as gray matter disease and then become white matter disease, but both are being attacked. Um, so what's going on? And, um, you know, right now, downregulating the immune system in various ways is helpful, but it doesn't cure the disease. And some people, it helps more than others. And why do one, some people respond better to one than others? All these studies, you know, you take any study of any medicine and you say, okay, 75% of people responded to this medicine, but 25% didn't. And then you put them in another study of a different drug. And in that drug, 50% respond to that drug, 50% don't. But some of the ones that weren't responded to number one are responders to number two. Different mechanism of action on white blood cells. Why is that? We don't really understand that. I think part of it is the complexity of the immune system in each of us. And I always tell people, we all have two eyes and nose and mouth and two ears. We all look different, same parts, but all the details are different. I think the same is true of our white blood cells, our brain cells, everything, all a little bit different. And so um, on average, if we um, develop a protein that attached to my nose, it may not attach to everybody's nose because we're all a little bit different. And so, uh, the genetics, there's over 250 genes involved in MS that we know about, uh, and we don't fully understand how many of them really work, but it's obviously very complex. Um, and so uh, there's genetics involved. We think it involves the immune system, at least to a large extent, but maybe involves the proteins that we make in our, pro in our brain or, our, 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 or white matter or gray matter. It's a little bit different. Our white blood cells attack those proteins in our myelin. So the myelin proteins are not exactly identical among everybody. Why doesn't everybody get MS? Identical twins, it's about a 50% chance of the other twin getting it, uh, but not 100%. What's going on? So the genetics are important. And a lot of it has to do with in how the immune system reacts against the complicated proteins in the central nervous system. And so I think that all cases are not the same. There are many different kinds of MS, biochemically different, similar, but not identical. And that's why one medicine seemed to work against one or another in downregulating the immune system. But that has nothing to do with the targets in the central nervous system. So I believe you're right that the gray matter is part of the target of what's going on. Uh, but I sort of thought that white matter inflammation was the primary, primary target of the white blood cells. And then there was secondary inflammation in the gray matter. But you're saying the opposite, that maybe there's inflammation primarily in the gray matter which triggers damage to the myelin. And that's possible, at least some patients. So I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Because, you know, you can see uh, it's the, the gray matter damage is not always related to valerian degeneration. Yeah. 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 But um, like I say, 
I think that there's low-grade microglial inflammation ongoing throughout the central nervous system, wherever there's myelin. And we're going to ignore the gray matter theory for a minute. Wherever there's myelin, there's this low-grade inflammation, which is causing secondary damage to the tissue around it, which causes atrophy and slow progression of MS. Some patients worse than others, obviously. But that the gray matter damage is secondary to the inflammation. But when the inflammation occurs, there may be proteins that the white blood cells now attack. Now you're saying it's the other way around maybe. It may be primarily gray matter inflammation and then the white matter gets damaged secondarily. I suppose that's possible. Um, and, but it may be complex, it may be both. We may both be right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that the gray matter involvement occurs early that we have typically defined MS as a white matter disease. And I think it's time to move away from that definition and to say that it is both a gray matter and a white matter disease yeah. uh, with inf inflammation as the hallmark right. of the disease. And different components of the inflammatory cascade are present at different stages of the disease. Right. I, I think we're both right. Thanks for listening to this episode of MS Matchup. Be sure to visit the neurologyhub.com for more episodes. MS Matchup is brought to you by the editors of the Neurology Hub and Practical Neurology.